Let's Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome back, Ricky. I am so glad that you are back with us today. And I'm really looking forward to our conversation, which aims to put a positive spin on the traditional blaming of menfolk as being the enemy in our drive towards equality. So, of course, together we are today discussing episode five in our Mind the Gap series, which is really focusing on how men can be an ally to women in driving gender equality. So welcome back, Ricky. Thank you, Karen. It's lovely to be back with you. Excellent. So, Ricky, tell us from your perspective. First of all, why do we traditionally see men as being those that withhold equality? And how do we see them as being able to give us this equality? Is it theirs to give? Thanks, Karen. I think that's a really interesting question because from my perspective, Gender equality is about men and women. And traditionally, we have seen men as withholders of equality because it was recognizing that men are the people who have power in society. And having power in society, they are the people who are benefiting from the gender inequality that doesn't value the role of women and that doesn't value women as contributors in society. So traditionally, it's like asking for power from the people who have power. And it's based on the idea that they don't want to give that power. But when we do gender equality work at Womanico, we really focus on gender norms. And we begin to look at gender norms in terms of what men and women are taught. And we focus in on really understanding that gender inequality is not serving men or women. When we look at gender norms, we begin to see the ways that men have been constricted by gender norms. So even though they hold power in society, they also are restricted in who they can be and how they are valued. And they are really beginning to feel the effects of that. COVID-19 was a real example and a real situation for men to see what they have lost by not participating in the care of children, for them to have an opportunity to see what it is that women are facing. So the conversations that we need to be having about gender inequality now are not conversations asking men for equality, but conversations about asking men to equally participate in deconstructing or disrupting the current system of gender norms and gender inequality that is not helping or serving any of us in society anymore. That's fantastic. I want to pick up on something that you've just said in terms of asking men to help us deconstruct these gender norms. Where do they begin? And this is going to sound completely biased and probably it's a tongue-in-cheek comment, but maybe not so tongue-in-cheek. But are men typically, from what you found, even aware of a lot of these gender norms? That's a great question, Karen. And no, men are not aware. I think women are more aware because women are more concerned about gender inequality. 
but it is largely difficult when we do this work in organizations to get men to recognize that they are gender norms in society. Those gender norms have confined them as much as they have confined women. Those gender norms have influenced and conditioned them as much as they have conditioned women. And to get them to realize that if they are questioning the gender norms a little bit more, they can see that gender norms do not serve them as men and are definitely not serving women. So when we do this work, what we find in organizations is that men are saying, oh, women keep demanding gender equality from us, but they also don't want to do the hard work. They don't want to see that we suffer as men. They want the benefits of gender equality, but they don't want the hard stuff of gender equality. They want us to remain the protector and the provider. And by having real conversations focused on gender norms, by having conversations between men and women, we begin to see that no, women are not looking for men to be protectors and providers. And once you take those roles away, it is really hard for men to understand and define who they are because that's when they begin to understand their conditioning has been about valuing the protector, provider, strong man role and not giving them room to be emotional, empathetic beings, not giving them room to be creative beings, not giving them room to be who they want to be and to drive, to be driven by their talents, as opposed to this very strong, you must be a protector and a provider and a strong man role. So they usually struggle to begin to do this work they usually struggle because there is currently a lot of anger about amongst men. They see themselves as losing the benefits of power because gender equality is forced upon them by law and gender equality is forced upon them by new social norms. But they don't believe in gender equality. And without going back to start at gender norms and social conditioning, they're not really given an opportunity to question the foundations of their belief, which is that you are conditioned as a man to believe that you are superior, you are stronger, you are the protector, you are the provider. And it is that foundation that is making it difficult for you to see that women don't need that anymore. And it's that foundation that's making it difficult for you to see that if that conditioning had been taken away, you would have made different choices for yourself. Uh, and now you can make those choices. So we really do the work of having men examine why is it not possible for a man to be a husband who stays at home and looks after the children and is valued for that. And when we do that kind of discussion, they begin to see how they have devalued those roles for women and how men are not seen as good men when they do, when they play those roles. So we have very interesting discussions around this and it is difficult to get men to see where the problem lies. One of the big challenges is it's difficult to get men and women to see that it's something they can do something about. It is not a problem of fixing the law. It's a problem of questioning our beliefs and it's a problem of finding the ways to change gender norms. Absolutely. And I think you're right. And I think a lot of men and women, I'm just thinking, even in my own household, how these gender norms play out, whether they, some of them, I don't think we're particularly conscious of, but 
There certainly has been a lot written about toxic masculinity and a lot of what you were speaking around in terms of what men can and can't do, or certainly what they feel they can and can't express, is really encapsulated in that term toxic masculinity. That's correct. So the term toxic masculinity really refers to the way that men have been so constricted in their understanding of what is socially valued masculinity. And the idea of socially valued masculinity really focuses on what men do, the roles they play in society. So again, I mentioned the role of provider and protector and the role of the strong man. So it focuses on those roles, but it doesn't focus on the quality and the characteristics of the human being. It doesn't focus on what it is that men are talented at, what it is they like to do. It doesn't focus on the emotional and spiritual fullness of a human being. So often if we talk about and we condition young boys to be strong men, that's what we value in society. You must be a strong man. And Part of that valuing means that we don't allow them to be emotional. We don't allow them to cry. We discourage that. Don't cry. Some of the narratives we hear when we examine this issue and working with organizations is don't don't be a girl. Don't cry. Don't throw a tantrum. In other words, they're not allowed emotional expression and they taught that from a very young age. And the result of not having emotional expression in the current world we have, where now the the belief system is there's gender equality, men and women should be equal, is that men are wanting to express emotionally, but they don't have any of the tools for emotional expression. Because emotions have been suppressed for them, They don't know how to express emotionally. They don't know how to work with emotions. They don't know how to manage emotions. Whereas women, because you are understood as an emotional, empathetic, and caring being, you spend your whole life working with emotions. You are sophisticated in how you understand emotional spaces and in how you understand how to navigate emotions. So what we call toxic masculinity today is the reality that men are very emotional about gender equality and they're very upset. They're living out the consequences of gender equality. They have opportunities that they are afraid they are losing because they don't know what else they can do with themselves, but they have no means of really examining and navigating this emotional space because historically men have been told to not have emotions at all. So their fathers are unable to teach them about that and their lives haven't conditioned them to really deal with that. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm just thinking to conversations when women do, this is of course a massive generalization, but within a family situation, if a woman is trying to express emotion or have a conversation, typically the men's response is to try and solve immediately. So even just that process of conversation is not a comfortable space without them feeling like they're having to take charge and solve and take it to the next level. So it is quite pervasive what you're saying, and I'm sure this plays out in the work situation as well. How would that affect a a woman in the workplace, for instance, if she is trying to perhaps have a conversation about a particular situation that's happening in the office without necessarily wanting a man to solve? That would surely 
in, in my mind and just with basic way I'm thinking about this is typically a man would see that a woman would be trying to have this conversation not being able to solve this for herself. Is that a strange way of seeing it? No, it's not. So the reason that we talk about gender norms and the reason that we really help men to examine the gender norms, or we help men and women, in fact, but the reason that we help people to examine gender norms is because if we don't begin to examine and question our foundational beliefs, we really can't impact the ways that we behave. We can't impact what we say. We can't impact what we think in particular situations. So in that situation, what is happening is the kind of belief in stereotypes around women. Women are emotional or women don't know how to do this work and is the really core belief in the superiority of men. And that's what continues to pervade in workplaces. So in workplaces where we've changed the rules of the game by saying no, men and women are equal, men and women continue to believe that they isn't equal. And so there is then this kind of backlash to equality as in I'm expected to treat this woman as an equal but I don't truly believe she's an equal and when a colleague is coming to have a conversation which should be a rational solution between colleagues who are working together because often colleagues don't know the best answers but it isn't thinking together that they can find the best answers it is seen as a weakness and it is seen it's confirmation bias right oh this is why we shouldn't be having this kind of equality. And confirmation bias is based on that foundational belief of inequality in the first place. So what you're saying is correct, but it's based on that foundational belief. And a lot of the work that we do in organizations around gender equality is kind of the flashy tick box work of getting policies, the flashy tick box work of telling people that we have gender equality, but we don't do the deep work of helping people to really understand that if we're going to fulfill gender equality, it means we internally have to do some work. We internally have to look at our beliefs and shift our beliefs. It means men and women and employees in general have to think about how they do communicate. Because as you were saying, if the idea is every time there's a problem, I must find the solution. That's part of the masculine culture of workplaces. And it doesn't really take into account the more feminine cultures and ways that can benefit the workplace. So when you look at EDI work, EDI work really pushes the idea that we need to communicate, we need to listen, we need to build empathy for each other. Very feminine traits that we are pushing into the culture of the workplace. But the reason that we're pushing that them into the culture of the workplace is because that's how we show that every employee is valued. That's how you show talent value. And that's how you begin to create a context where everyone is valued for their contribution, not who they are, not their gender or their sex. Fantastic. Ricky, I think this is a fantastic conversation. And I think the work that you are doing at Umanico is, is so important for people to understand. I think just in this brief conversation, we've only really had 15 minutes for this, but it just it is so pervasive. And you are so right. We can have as many policies as we like around this, but it's the everyday behaviors that really need to change. And I'm really pleased that you've been able to join me for the series of conversations just to start shedding some light on this and 
just for us to start exploring some of the complexities involved in actually driving gender equality. So thank you very much for sharing with me today. Thank you so much, Karen. Looking forward to seeing you next time. Excellent. Thank you, Ricky. And just for our listeners that might be joining for the first time, Ricky is the Associate Director at Womanico Transforming Spaces. Now, Womanico is a specialist consul consultancy that specializes in gender equality, working with corporates, non-governmental organizations and donors. They, of course, provide services for complete gender transformative change, including diagnostics, advisory, program facilitation, leadership development, coaching and evaluation. Thank you so much, Ricky.